Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Bizination Dhando Takko Rokro. I am Abhishek and I have my friend Akhilesh on the other line with me. Hi Aki. Hello Abhishek. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, actually not so good considering the biggest news that has hit today early this morning about the government announcing that the petrol price will be hiked again and this time it is the steepest price hike. W- what do you have to say about that? Just to give our listeners some background. Petrol was sold at 47 rupees, 47.93 on April 1st last year. Now it's 63.67, that is 32% increase over the year and 8% overnight. When I was coming back from my work towards home, mm. I could see petrol pumps were <laughs> full of cars and bikes and as if there was no other day to fill the petrol. If you really want to bring the price of petrol down, you have to lower the demand of petrol. If we have to bring the price of petrol down, then I have to take my cycle to work. Absolutely. Because my office is not more than 2 kilometers away. But I take my car to work. So there are many people like me who do that. And each day 200 or I think it was 400 new cars are being added every day since 2008. And uh, we don't have this concept of carpooling unlike in places like New York and other places. I'm sure a few of our listeners might be able to help us there. We have not been abroad any time, but they say that if your car is not to 100% capacity, if you don't have four or five people, uh, if you have four or five people in it, you are uh, given a privileged lane. So you could go in the lane which is the fastest. See, these are are the methods, these are the techniques by which you reduce the price of oil, not by getting, okay, I am saving 150 rupees because next morning if I get to the petrol pump, I am getting at 68 rupees per litre instead of 63. (laughs) This is what people of Bombay, people of India will have to understand. I think they do this again, Achilles, about in a week's time because there is another hike on the cards for both petrol as well as diesel. And the reason is, in spite of this price hike, the oil companies are losing 5 rupees per liter and uh, of course the ones who are selling your diesel, cooking gas and kerosene, we are we are not speaking about that in details today but that price is controlled by the government. Unlike petrol price which was not controlled by the government unless, uh, until a few months back where the government said, alright yeah. you guys fix the price of petrol depending on market forces. And that time the oil companies, they had raised the price of petrol by 3 rupees and then over the past one year, it has risen nine times. So, there have been nine revisions. Government has not stepped in. I think Mr. Pranad Mukherjee's statement is very clear today that government has deregulated the price of petrol. So, they have no intervention in what they are doing. It is done by oil marketing companies. And the reason obviously behind is that uh, since June last year till today, the crude oil price has increased from $68 to $110. And um, oil marketing companies are going in loss. Talking about losses, Indian Oil Corporation, it has borrowed up to 15,000 crore rupees and in the last 45 days it has lost up to 296 crore rupees per day on its oil, on its fuel sales. And besides petrol, it loses 18.19 rupees per litre on diesel, 29.69 rupees per litre on kerosene. And, uh, you know, that LPG gas cylinder that we have, that 14.2 kg, that huge LPG LAL mm-hmm. gas cylinder, it loses, hold your breath, 329.73 rupees per gas cylinder. So, I guess, of course, the reason is that there is a substantial part of India where the IOC has to provide that cylinder for almost 
no cost at all in rural india well uh, you should know the government provides 1 lakh crore rupees as oil subsidy to the oil companies 1 lakh crore rupees <laughs> but there are other countries yeah. you know half the world according to the economist enjoys fuel subsidies so in other words you know morgan stanley it had reported that almost one fourth of the world's petrol is sold at less than the market price so the governments step in and just to give you a background about what happens in other countries in venezuela mm-hmm. uh, see in india it's 68 mm-hmm. rupees now right yeah, yeah in mumbai but it's 63 in delhi and uh, in various cities it is according right. to the taxes of that particular place right so in other words if we have to convert that into dollars it's somewhere around 1.2 to 1.4 dollars dollars per liter per yeah liter. in venezuela it's 5 cents per liter in china it's 79 cents in germany it's 2.35 but Thanks. germany is the world's third the 2.35 dollars i'm sorry so oh so that means it's, it's pretty, pretty expensive, expensive then, but yeah. considering the fact that germany is the world's third largest economy and india is well uh, euphemism underdeveloped nahi but a developing economy uh, when it comes down to these brass tacks about you know we spoke about food inflation also it's up to 18% now the food inflation yeah and this all is going to add into food inflation because the transportation of food the distribution costs are going to spiral up like crazy because of the transportation costs involved in distribution in a vast country like right. india where potatoes from uh, maharashtra will, or onions from maharashtra will be transported up in north from the wheat belt of punjab and wheat be transported to other parts of the country and grains from south india rice etc will be transported to other parts of the country and uh, because these are all the petrol and diesel these repercussions are too high of inflation in a particular country but uh, a few days right. ago i bought a beautiful book uh, written by rashmi bajaj if rashmi bajaj rashmi i don't remember arashmi bansal yeah connecting the dots and she had covered uh, the story of she covers the stories of entrepreneurs as we all know so she had covered the story of the manufacturer of reva cars and uh, how he started the plant uh, of of a, a battery operated car or a, or an electronic car and he said in in an interview it, it is a book of an interview you can say that it is book interwoven in stories in interviews Mm-hmm. and he told uh, rashmi bansal that that when he was in california studying his uh, mechanical engineering and they started to do this venture there the government the state government of california gave them some huge amount of uh, compensation subsidy loan whatever you want to call it to develop such technology but suddenly when they went into that venture that that compensation subsidy grant loan etc was withdrawn suddenly oh. and that project went kaput completely uh, whatever collaboration they were trying to do they are with the american companies to come with an alternate method of less diesel less petrol guzzling methods it's a huge conspiracy theory that oil companies do not let new technologies come in uh, which can compete with the diesel and petrol you do see occasionally a riva on the street you know it looks like a sports car but actually it's an electric car if i'm not wrong it's an electric car isn't it it is an electric car you have to yeah. charge it like uh, like you charge your mobile phones you have to put it on plug but that is also consuming energy in some other form but it is better to use that because you are already using the supply of electricity by burning coal so according to me you are actually consuming what is already being burnt instead of burning another fuel so it helps the environment also but everything has a trade off here so i do not know whether it is really really that cost effective 
It's not cheap. Unfortunately, the trade-off, the closest hybrid vehicle that has been very successful is, I think, mm-hmm. Toyota's Prius or Prius, uh, however you pronounce it. If not rich, higher or higher middle-class families can afford that. But I think price, as technology develops, prices do come down automatically. So I'm not sure whether that is the biggest trade-off. I think the biggest problem here is that the governments and the oil companies have, I think they have stuck on this kind of fuel for a long period of time. And it really needs, it really needs a change. But I think it's time to move on, Akhilesh. You sent me another topic, that of uh, MTNL and BSNL, the huge companies who have been there for around for as as long as we've been around, they may just get 3,000 crore rupees subsidy. That's up to $625 million from the government. And the reason is they are losing market share. Market share. Definitely they are losing market share. And this main subsidy is going to come from Universal Service Obligation Fund, hmm. a fund that has been established by Directorate of Telecom. And this is raised to fix 5% of gross revenue of all telecom service providers. Hang on, hang on. So what does that mean? It means 5% of all the adjusted gross revenue of all telecom, means whatever the telecom service providers are earning through their sales or through, through the service they are providing, 5% of it is provided in, in universal service levy. So whatever the funds get collected from that universal service levy, a universal service obligation fund is getting created. And this whole subsidy money of 3,000 crores is coming from that fund. Oh, so it's, in other words, the private companies are funding MTNL and BSNL? You can say that because it says adjusted gross revenue of all telecom service providers. It has pegged at 5% of the adjusted gross revenue of all telecom service providers. Oh, that's a lot because I read something about access deficit charge. Yeah, yeah. Some 0.75% of the total revenues of all private mm. companies will be dedicated to, you know, to support. And this is this is very justifiable, mm. by the way, because what happens is there are many far-flung areas in India where private companies do not put their hand up and say, hey, I will go and support that because it's not, it's not viable. So BSNL and MTNL, it is part of their descri- job description, if I may use the word, because they're part of the government, yeah. public sector undertaking. They have to be at places like Siachen. So, exactly. it, it's obviously not affordable. So, 0.75% of the total revenues of all private enterprises is dedicated towards helping this cause. But the TRAI has withdrawn this from April mm. 1, 2008. So, what happens now? And then, of course, they said, okay, instead of mm. this, we will provide you 2,000 crore subsidy per annum mm. for the next three years. That is 9, 10, and 11. Now, 2011 is almost, we'll, we'll get over the financial year in April 2012. Then what? That's the question. Exactly. There is a provision here which says provision of additional rural community phones in areas after achieving the target of one phone per village. Uh-huh. So this 3000 crore subsidy is being used to supply and achieve that target. Right. And uh, that is why it is relevant for them mm-hmm. to use this fund for subsidizing MTNL and BSNL because they are not for profit organizations, not for profit only organizations, but they are organizations for public service as well. Public service and there is something more, there is certain service given to employees who are now retiring in great numbers. Exactly. <laughs> and has to be supported on a higher pension and the retirement payouts from license. Right. But that is, that the interesting part is that is being paid out of the license and spectrum fees, not from this fund. Because this mm-hmm. fund cannot be utilized for payment of retirement of MTNL employees. 
and that's a lot of money right it's 300 to 350 crores every year but the retirement funds if it's paid through spectrum fee i think they should take it from uh, a raja why not a <laughs> raja has only how many 170 lakh crores of money from the spectrum fee he, he made so why not exactly not made but it was more like the notional value of the scam was that high he didn't actually make that money but yes Yeah, yeah, Raja should definitely pay up. Yes, <laughs> and because of these fiascos that are happening in public sector undertakings, a merger of BSNL and and MTNL is on cards to synergize the oh. the two companies, and uh, they are it is under consideration by the Department of Telecommunications or Directorate of the Telecommunications. And uh, talking about BSNL, it. It loses two thousand five hundred crores mm, from its yeah, landline yeah. business. Imagine ninety five when landlines started to creep in in every house. It was a matter mm. of not exactly pride, but a huge convenience. I remember my neighbors coming into my house to you know they would pay three rupees per call because they were obligated to do that because they wanted to use it as a pay phone instead of walking down to a PCO, which was you know a few blocks away. So that was the case back then. Too much demand to 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 supply, and now 2,500 crore loss from this business. Yeah, I think the the competency that a monopoly begets into an organizational system is hard to remove. I think it it really needs some kind of external push. Like in, in Newton's first law, he says that. A body in inertia will remain in inertia till an external object is used to put a force on it, and I think the complacency of uh, of monopoly-based organizations is very similar to an inertia or an object in inertia. They just don't want to move. Very interesting, coming from uh, somebody who loves physics but ended up doing become. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and now now thankfully I'm coming back to. scientific subjects through my education so i'm very very thankful about that yeah so let's move on from uh, a psu to a very in demand private enterprise called and this is my favorite topic of the day royal enfield bike demands have risen and the company is going in for faster expansion and uh, having done 2500 kilometers on ladakh on a 350 cc bike from royal enfield this topic is you know one of my favorites Was it a 350 classic or a 500 classic that day? It was a 350 Electra. 350 Electra. Now this expansion is planned for the classic series of bikes, 350 classic and 500 classic. And when I was reading about it, it says that Royal Enfield has some three kinds of attributes to it. It is it is an aura. It is a culture. It is a mania. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is going into esoteric terms for royal enfield it is like poetry of of the heavens oh it is because it sells only 10% of the bikes sold by uh, hero honda yet if you talk about a bike that has a brand and an enigma and all of mm-hmm. that you just mentioned royal enfield will beat everybody hands down by a huge margin because of the cult following that it has and there, there is a one year waiting list for certain bikes and that's the reason why they have they are expanding expanding I was surprised that demand has outstretched production so much that a bike gets absorbed <laughs> months before even it goes into production. Tiruvattur plant in Chennai, 100% expansion plans are uh, currently in order, and they have to expand from 50,000 units of current capacity to 1 lakh units of capacity. And Siddharth Lal, the CEO, 
is thought to set up a capacity unit of 150 lakh units, and he believes that he will have to expand it to two lakh two lakh fifty thousand units per year because the demand is outstripping. And still, they have not decided upon the location and investments mm-hmm. where they have to make. But the investment will be to the tune of 300 crores. And I think Tamil Nadu and Andhra Pradesh are being considered as likely locations to set up a facility. Yeah, and the demand exceeding supply has been happening since 1949. So, the tagline actually should be breaking hearts since 1949. <laughs> <laughs> and and, 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 and I'll, I'll tell you what, another thing. When we wanted those bikes... We had to book them three months, or I think it was five months in advance, and even then we did not get new bikes. Those were ten and a half year old bikes, because all of them were booked. And Enfield would make your ride in the mountains very enjoyable, as compared to a 150cc or a 250cc bike of some other brand. And of course, when you are on an Enfield, it's completely different. I think when we go to Nepal this time, okay, try mm-hmm. sitting not in the car but behind me or behind. One of us on as a pillion. Sure, I will. I will, love, you will, know what I will I mean. love to do that. And if you go to Punjab, which is uh, arguably the biggest market for uh, bullets, uh, bullet bullet is one of the five variants that uh, Royal Enfield has, and their bullet is not bullet; it's bullet. Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from North India, I can understand that. And it's bullet. Abhi terpaal ki nahi bullet. Oh, bullet ji, kahi bhi chhod jaati hai ji. And of course, even in South India, in Karnataka, in Kerala, people ride bullets on scooters. And I worked with a research agency which was in charge of so-called uh, marketing, you know, give a direction to Bullet or Royal Enfield mm. in terms of marketing and advertising and uh, uh, the kind of statements that are made by people on Bullet, the, the people who own the bullets are mind-boggling. It's like some say that when I'm riding a bullet, I feel like a king or it's even a chief minister doesn't get as much attention in his car as much as I do when I'm riding a bullet with that supersonic or not supersonic, but huge sound that it gives away. It really has captured the imagination as the cliche goes, the capturing of imagination or gaining the mind space of the consumer in its field, in its domain. There was a time when there were talks of shutting it down. Because, again, mm-hmm. fuel guzzling, 25 to 30 kilometers per liter, which doesn't help with the price hike that we've spoken about. But in spite of that, owning a bullet, again, the reasons for which you own a bullet are different. And their uh, targets are not exactly as big as that of uh, Hironda or Yamaha. Yeah, I am getting interested in one kind of research to be done here. I think the increase in the demand of bullet is directly proportional to the number of uh, people visiting Ladakh every year. I know of a few people who said that I'll go back uh, after Ladakh, if I'll go back and get myself a bullet. I think they are positively correlated because going to Ladakh on bike is a very recent phenomenon. I think it started in right. somewhere in 90s right. after the liberalization. Who I never heard when I was in Delhi and I was in Delhi, not in Bombay mm-hmm. or in South India. I hardly knew people who is, who take uh, bikes to Ladakh because Ladakh was a far-fledged place. Going to Srinagar and Kashmir was like, oh, Kashmir jana hai. And going to Ladakh was like, are, kaha, matlab, are we going to some other planet or, or, or what? And it is another planet, man. For the ones <laughs> who haven't seen it, go visit Ladakh and if possible, do it on a bike. I remember I was riding my Unicorn 150cc, which, by the way, I'm very proud of. And there was a guy who was, this guy would have been in his mid-40s. He was riding a bullet, and behind that bullet was a statement which read, Dare to ride, 
ride Ladakh. Oh. And uh, I remember honking a couple of times and he pulled over and we spoke about it for a good 15 minutes. There is a common sentiment that binds everyone going to the highest motorable road in the world, Khardungla Pass, doing it on a on a bullet. It's not just not only to set a record, but just to have a good time with friends. It's another experience altogether. So that's what bullet does to you. I think we should end on this note because I can just go on talking about this. And there are a few girls, I guess, who listen to Busy Nation would not want to No, I think them. nowadays even girls are interested in riding bikes and Gul Panag, one of our, one of your dear friends, uh, goes on bullet to Ladakh. So, yeah. yeah My sister not? rides uh, Honda. Unicorn. The, so, the Honda Unicorn bike. Now, yeah. I think we should come out of the gender bias as quickly as possible. Sorry. I take that back. All ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Go log on to theindicast.com. Leave your comments there and uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Just uh, type in Indicast Podcast Network and please press on that like button and help us with certain stories that you think we can cover from wherever you are. That's about it from me and Achilles. Bye-bye. 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 B